Welcome to Creative Rising, my friend, a show about what it's really like to run a photography business. My name is Erin Youngren, and today we are talking about a part of our business that, oh my gosh, I find so many people struggle with. Today, we are talking about your copy. Specifically, we are going to be talking about the copy that is on your website. Guys, I see a lot of your websites. You may not know it, but I actually see several websites every single day of other photographers. And that's because when people request to join our free Creative Rising community on Facebook, I ask you for your websites or a link to your Instagram or somewhere where I can see your photos. And that is just so I can make sure that you are a photographer or you are on your way to becoming a professional photographer. I want to make sure the group is filled with people who are running their businesses. So I get to see all of your lovely websites. I love getting to know you guys, seeing what your specific photography styles are. And I love hearing your hearts through your websites and your Instagram feeds. But I will tell you that There are so many times when I see websites where the message that you are trying to communicate either doesn't come across or there isn't a succinct message that I see at all. And so I see this as a big need for you guys. And I also hear you guys ask questions about your websites and about copy a lot. And so I brought on someone that I think will help out tremendously with this and that will help you hone in that message that is so key in getting your ideal clients to actually inquire with you. Today, we have Rachel Griman of Green Chair Stories. Now, Rachel is a photographer, but she is also a copywriter, and she has been a copywriter professionally for a lot of years. So she knows what she is doing. And if you check out her website at Green Chair Stories, you will see that she is really stinking good at writing copy. So Rachel is here today to walk us through what it means to clarify your message and communicate it on your website so that you can attract your ideal clients. Guys, this was an awesome interview and there are so many actionable tips and suggestions and steps that you can take from this episode to go write your site right immediately. So here is Rachel. Welcome, Rachel, to Creative Rising. I would love for you to tell our audience just a little bit about who you are, your story, and how you became a photographer, and then how you became a copywriter. So I'm Rachel Griman. I own and operate Green Chair Stories. It is both a documentary documentary family photography business as well as a copywriting for photographers business. I was a photojournalism major in college, so I kind of knew from the get that I wanted to do something with words and photos. My mom always took a lot of pictures growing up, and so I was always drawn to it. And, you know, yearbook photographer in high school, all of that. And then when I went to when I got to college, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a career option. You know, I could write and take photos for a living. So my last semester of college was an internship abroad. I lived in Uganda and I photographed and wrote for a nonprofit telling the stories of kids that they were giving free surgeries to. So that kind of catapulted me into a nonprofit career. And I worked in nonprofits for, I don't know, almost maybe 10 years. 
um, doing writing and photography at the same time at each different nonprofit that I landed at. And I just really loved it. And then on the side, I was always having families from church or, you know, just families that I knew ask me to take photos of them. And so I started this kind of photography business on the side that was completely separate from my day job. And then I decided to pursue that full time. So I was like, okay, I'm a family photographer now. And then I was in all of those Facebook groups that we all joined and asking, you know, should I be an LLC or an S Corp? You know, what kind of lens should I buy? That Those kind of questions. And I noticed a lot of people asking questions about their websites and about the copy. And I was like, oh, well, I've been a copywriter for years. I guess I can help. And so I started helping people in these groups. And then people started paying me to help them. And all of a sudden, I realized I was writing as much as I was photographing families. And I knew that I wanted to keep doing it, both of them together. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. Tell us a little bit about like what you actually do for photographers. So if a photographer comes to you and says, I need help with copywriting, what can they expect from you? So I am a one trick pony and I like it that way because it means I get to be really, really good at one thing. <laughs> so I write websites and that's it. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, will you do blogs and blog blogging is content writing. And that's something that's completely different. So if somebody comes to me, they get a spot on my calendar with either myself or one of my associates, and they have a lot of homework leading up to their slot. And then they have my full attention for 11 days. So they do all of this homework. They answer all my questions. I interview some of their past clients. And then I start on Mondays with new clients. And then they have, I write the whole thing the whole website for them in a week. So the next Monday they get their first draft. And then that second week, Monday through Friday, we edit it together. And they're my only client that week. So they have my full attention. So I like to do things that specifically because I love the predictability of the schedule. I have a young daughter and I have another one on the way. So I need predictability in my life right now. That's incredible that you're able to write an entire site that quickly. Is it um, because of the homework that you have your photographers do beforehand that you're able to really kind of um, get the message across that fast? I mean, that seems fast to me. Maybe it's not. Maybe for you, that's plenty of time. But uh, (laughs) is it because of the homework? I think so. I mean, that homework is a really, really, really long questionnaire. And the client interviews really help because I'm hearing from people that have actually worked with them and know them better than I do about what was so wonderful about the experience. So it's like from the horse's mouth, why people like working with them. And then they take a personality test too. So I kind of get a good idea of who they, I make them take the Enneagram. And that's hugely helpful because a lot of the Enneagram is communication styles. So I have them read through the results and let me know what resonates with them. And then communication styles are easy for me to, you know, kind of adapt into their voice on the site from those results. And then I have an hour long conversation with them. So I hear them talk. I make notes about words that they use often, kind of the tone. And, you know, there's just a natural empathy that you need to have, too, where you kind of can feel what the other person is giving you. And I use the feelings that I get from that conversation to kind of inform what I'm going to write. I feel like as I listen to this process, I'm like, how fascinating would it be to have somebody else kind of dig into me, dig into my life and my business and then write my voice for me? That would be 
fascinating. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It is. And it also requires a lot of trust on my client's part because sometimes, you know, and I always tell people this, there have been times where I've missed the mark. You know, I deliver their copy and they're like, no, this is not it. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen because, but then there's that conversation of like, do you not want to be this person? And I'm just uncovering something honest or did I mess up? Like, which one is it? And that conversation is always interesting because it's usually a little bit of both. Like they thought they were presenting themselves to the world one way, but then their clients are like, no, they're this way. And so it's always really interesting to see where we land. So for photographers, I think that writing copy is a huge struggle, which is why, you know, what you've discovered as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a huge need. And I think that what I hear most often from our students and from our listeners is this question of how do I write copy that copy that is me and how do I come across as, you know, myself and friendly, but still professional? What is that line and how do I do that on my website? And I know that that's a question that um, comes from a place of people wanting to make sure that they attract their ideal clients, right? They don't want to turn someone off because they are being too casual, but they also don't want to turn someone off because they're being too professional. Like they want to hit the zone of, you know, speaking to the right person and attracting the right person. And so, um, you, in your process, you talk about this thing that's called, you refer to as the unique value proposition. And there's a lot of different, mm-hmm. you know, words for that. And you can speak to that a little bit, but, um, let's start there. Cause I think that that helps us st- unlock this whole conversation about copy. So talk to me about what is a UVP and mm-hmm. why does it matter so much when it comes to copy specifically for your website? So a UVP is one of like literally 15 different names. It's a unique selling point, your uniqueness factor. Like there's all, you can Google it and you'll come up with a lot of different names for it, but it all boils down to the same definition. <laughs> it's a short and simple description of what you do who you serve, and how what you're selling will benefit those people. But basically, it's your differentiating point. It's what makes you different from the photographer down the street. Because we all know photographers are in an extremely saturated market. And so it can feel kind of hopeless (laughs) when you try to differentiate yourself. But that's when you get into the nitty gritty and you start looking at your process and what you might do even just a little bit differently. So your UVP needs to not only encapsulate what makes you different, but why that matters to your client. So knowing who your ideal client is part of it. Yes. I love that. When you say what you do, um, let's see, what was it? You said it's what you do, who you do it and who you do it for and why you do it. Is that what you said? What you do, who you serve and how, what you're selling will benefit those people. Yes. So let's break that down just a little bit. Um, Yeah. 
so on this podcast, we talk so much about the ideal client and we have Mm -hmm. um, lots of episodes for people to dig into. Um, I have our free training and we have our whole course on the ideal client. And so I feel like that's a conversation that um, we've had quite a bit. Um, I would love to hear your take on the ideal client because I always love hearing more conversations and more um, opinions on that because it is so crucial to marketing and um, you're just your business in general. So tell me a little bit about ideal clients um, and who it is that people serve. How would you suggest someone go about discovering who their ideal clients are or kind of narrowing in on who that person is for their website? My favorite, this is one of my favorite questions because everybody answers it differently and I think it's all helpful. My take on this, and this is what I tell all of my clients is who's your favorite? Like, Who's the favorite person that you've ever worked with? It's so much easier for me to get inside the brain of an actual person than an avatar. So I love when they're like, oh, this bride, Jennifer, she was just the best. And they can tell me all about Jennifer and what it was about her that they loved. And it's so nice because I can call Jennifer then and have her actual words and so that's my, that's my take on the ideal client. I know if people are just starting out, they might not have a large pool to choose from, but the more people you work with, the more clear that picture becomes and the more people will start to stand out. And then I feel like it's easier to make an avatar. Once you've had like 15 of your favorite clients ever, you can start to pull at strings of similarities between them. Like, Oh, I like people because they are this way. (laughs) I love that you are all about grounding your ideal client in real, actual people, like in clients that you've actually had in real life versus just making somebody up out of thin air. Well, yeah. And I think that a lot of people, they want to talk about where people shop and, you know, their interests, but it's more about the feeling that they gave them. And it's hard to have a feeling from something that doesn't exist. So that's who you serve. Let's talk about, you know, what you do. How would you, um, like, what do you mean by that? Do you mean just I do wedding photography or is there something more that you need to think about when it's like, okay, what do I do? It can totally be as simple as wedding photography. There's nothing wrong with that. But some people like to get more specific. Are you somebody that you are solving a very specific problem for your clients? Like you are preserving their history. You are... um, helping to plan their wedding. Like when I write for adventure photographers, they are just as much planners as they are photographers. So that definition becomes a little bit different then. But what you do doesn't have to stop at the photos. It can be a feeling that you give someone. It can be a trust factor. Does that make sense? I think so. Is there, um, would it be like, just to make sure there's no confusion, like with your UVP, is this the kind of thing that, um, is it like your mission statement or your tagline or is it something different than that? It is for sure different than both of those things. (laughs) So your mission statement, I always say should be inward. Like that's not something that I recommend people put on their website. Knowing your mission statement, I think is really important, but your clients don't need to know what that is unless you're a nonprofit and they're like donating money to the cause. I feel like it's an internal kind of piece of text that helps inform who you will, like who you allow to hire you, who you'll take on as clients and how you'll try to make them feel. Um, It's kind of like a guiding principle. Um, 
And that's your mission statement. Yeah, that's your mission statement. Okay. And then your UVP is outward facing. It is, it is the sales piece of that. (laughs) How are you going to convince someone that what you do is different than, you know, the 10 other tabs they have open on their browser of all the other photographers that they're looking at? Gotcha. So that gets into the why does it matter to the people you serve? So there's what you do, let's say wedding photography um, to your ideal client and then the Mm -hmm. why it matters. So I think that piece, that last piece is where it's that's the most difficult piece. Right. At least in my experience. And I think that's where it's hard to um, it's hard to clarify that. So let's dig into that piece, why it matters to your ideal client. What are, you know, two to three ways or two to three steps or exercises that that photographers can take to start to unlock that piece of the UVP? Well, I think a big part of that is leading with the benefit of hiring you. You know, is your process catered to speed and efficiency? Like, do your clients love working with you because you're really fast and you respond to their emails all the time? Or is it catered for customer care and support where you're like answering texts about the color of the bridesmaids dresses? You know, not all photographers do that, but some love being that person. So you need to look at what your clients value in you. So again, talking to your past clients is my number one piece of advice to all photographers ever. Pick up the phone and call them because then you can use words straight from their mouth that will be helpful in attracting more clients just like them. So if you get on the phone and interview them, they'll tell you exactly why they booked you and what sealed the deal for them. They'll tell you what the benefit of working with you is and what was the most important thing throughout that experience. They'll explain what they saw in you that they liked more than the other people they were considering. One question that we get a lot when, um, when I talk to people and tell them, okay, talk to your past clients is they ask like, should I put together a questionnaire and email my clients or what should I do? Um, so in your opinion, picking up the phone and talking to them is a much better experience than something like sending a questionnaire or would you recommend both or what would you, you know, what would you recommend that process look like when you tell people, okay, contact and talk to your past clients? I would challenge people to do it both ways and see which one feels better to them and which gets them, you know, more honest feedback. I have the privilege of calling people on behalf of my clients. So they, it's like a third party, you know, I'm neutral. So a lot of these, these couples that I'm talking to are just talking to me as a copywriter, not as the person that they hired. So if I were calling my own clients to get this feedback, I personally really like picking up the phone. I do better on the phone because I can hear the tone in someone's voice and kind of understand what they're trying to say outside of the words. And honestly, a phone call will probably take them less time than filling out a questionnaire. I do have a questionnaire that I'm reading from on these calls when I talk to past clients, but a phone call also leaves room for them to elaborate on something. And if they say something interesting that I want to know more about, I can ask. So I think it's great to get on the phone with people because you hear more of their voice and their answers. That's great. And I I totally agree. It's so different when you're talking in person. And yes, I think from my perspective, I would much rather just get on a, you know, dedicated phone call. I'm like, okay, I can block out 30 to 40 or however many minutes needed versus just a questionnaire that can feel a little overwhelming to fill out. So I know for my end, I would prefer a phone call. 
Absolutely. But people can try it both ways. I don't think there's a wrong way. I think sending an email is a step further than most photographers are doing. So (laughs) true. Yes, that is such a good point. How do you recommend that people ask their clients to do this? I think that ask um, can feel overwhelming. Like, how do you ask your clients to get on a phone call with you about this? Do you just say, hey, would you mind telling me all about my business? Like, what's what's a way to go about that? I always say honesty is the best policy. If they were your favorite client, that means you drived. That means they liked you too. I highly doubt you'll be calling anybody that didn't have a good time with you if they are among your favorite (laughs) that you've ever worked with. So I think just approaching it like you would any other conversation. I have a template that I give my clients to send their clients so they don't feel as weird about it. But basically, the template just says, hey, I am redoing my website because I'm changing my business a little bit. I'm still doing wedding photography, but I am rewriting everything to attract more of my favorite clients. P.S. Did you know that you are one of my favorite clients? You know, compliment them. Tell them why you're reaching out to them. Tell them that, you know, they are indicative of the people you want to work with. And so you want to know what they appreciated about you. Um, That way you could have more people like them. I think in my email, I say like, if I could clone you, I would do it for every weekend. You know, it's, it's flattering for sure, but it's also truthful. That's awesome. Just, yeah, being just straight up and honest about it. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know that I would like to respond and be like, of course I want to help you out and help you get more amazing people like me. So yeah, what a compliment, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. Okay. So you talk to your past clients. That's a great way to understand how it is that you benefit your favorite couples. Is there Mm -hmm. um, another step that you can take beyond that? So you've talked to your favorite clients, then what? I really like to do this for people who are writing their site on their own, like without me. I have people write out their workflow. So And honestly, you should probably have this done anyway, just so you can see every step that you take from inquiry to delivery of your photos. This list should be super long. Like every single thing that you do for your client throughout your entire process. Because once you see that really long list, like I said before, you're going to see what your process is catered to. Is it catered to meeting certain needs that your clients all share? You know, do your clients all need help with like location scouting? Like, do they want you to come to the venue and walk around with them? Because that could be a unique value proposition. Like not everybody's willing to do that. Or they would say like, oh, I'm not going to do the venue walkthrough. I've been there a hundred times. Or do you meet with every client face to face? That's a unique one. So the little things that you naturally do are probably your UVP is hidden in there. You just need to write it out and see it in the list. So you can start seeing what might differentiate you from your competition. That's great. I love that advice. Um, And I'm always about, you know, systems and workflows. So regardless, (laughs) I'm just glad someone else is saying as well, like have this written down. Um, Absolutely. Is there there anything else beyond that? Are there any other, you know, small tips or suggestions that you can give people um, for how to kind of get outside of their heads and understand what makes them different from everybody else? Yeah, I think that like data is not very sexy, but it actually is really helpful when it comes to writing for yourself. Look at the questions that your clients are asking you. Like what are their hesitations before they book you? What is important to them? What do they want to make sure is covered? 
before they say yes to giving you all that money. And also like even looking at where your leads come from, like I have a client that I'm writing for this week and she didn't realize that most of her leads were coming from wedding venues. Like she's a list on a bunch of different venues. And so her, the people coming to her site are very warm. They are, she's already been recommended to them. So we just have to convince them that she's the right one from that vendor list. So her competition gets really small then. So we can get really specific in how we're talking about her. So if you look at the data of who has booked you in the past, where those leads are coming from, the questions they have and the problems that you've solved for them, that's like the formula for your UVP right there. Today's episode is brought to you by KissBooks, the album company that we use for all of our wedding albums. And we've been using them for a long time. Yeah, I feel like we've been using them for at least 10 years, like almost the whole time we've been in business. And it's because they're so beautiful and amazing and our couples love these books. And I know that if you're a new photographer or if you haven't ever sold albums before, then the thought of starting to sell albums can be really overwhelming because the process seems so complicated. So if that's you, that's okay. And you are going to love the Getting Started Kit that KISS offers. Yeah, the Getting Started Kit has everything you need to begin offering albums in your business. It's got some sample credit to order some new books. It's got the linen styling mats, and we use those at every wedding we shoot to do all of our getting ready details. It also has a complete swatch set of all the leathers and the linens, and then some swatches of the actual prints so you can see what those look like, and then a whole pricing guide that helps you know how to price these things in your business. And then... As if that's not enough, KISS goes a step further and anybody who signs up for the Getting Started Kit gets a free coaching call with one of the experts at KISS that will help you step-by-step figure out how to get these books into your business. It's amazing. So I love that you not only get the materials you need, but you get the education you need to sell these albums and start making some more money in your business while also making sure your couples get these gorgeous heirlooms from their wedding day. So if you want to get your hands on this getting started kit, then we have a special deal for you just for Creative Rising listeners. Go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss and you will get half off of your getting started kit, which is $300 and you get half off of that and you get everything that we just mentioned. Creativerising.com forward slash K-I-S-S. You guys, this getting started kit is like the deal of the century. Like the styling mat alone is worth $100. Like this is, go get this right now. Creativerising.com forward slash kiss. So can you give me a few examples of what a UVP would look like for somebody on their website? Yeah. I mean, I am a little bit anti-formula for somebody who calls himself a copywriter because copywriting is all about formulas. But I am convinced that somewhere five years ago, some educator put in a free download this formula because it's everywhere. It's like the blank photographer for the blank couple. 
like the authentic <laughs> photographer for the wildly in love couple. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to have that formula. I do think that there, that your UVP, once you have it nailed down, it should go on, it should be the first headline on your website. You know, that it's the core idea of everything that you're going to write. So the next five or six pages should all relate back to it. So you want to lead with it. Like if it's the strongest thing that you do and the strongest thing that you offer, then you want it front and center. So when you think about it like a headline, it might be easier to write it that way. So like yours on your, your wedding site is for those who believe in savoring every moment. That's your UVP. You know, that's what people see right away. And then all the copy on your site supports that idea. You know, you're going to help your couples take their time. You're going to help them enjoy the photographs as you're making them, not just pose them and have them, you know, feel like it's a production. And you're helping them savor the moments later by preserving these memories for them. So, and I think I even heard you say this on a podcast once, like it took you a long time to come to that word. Oh yeah. It took so long. Um, we, it, it was one of those things that very early on, we understood that we were unique in how we stepped into our couple's days on a more emotional level. But, mm-hmm. um, coming to that word saver and that, you know, very clear UVP took a lot of years. So, right. That's an encouragement that maybe it doesn't come right away, but for years we still communicated that same value system, but in different ways. And we just got better at it over time, especially as we understood our ideal clients better and better over the years. And And so now it's very clear. Right, exactly. And it, it should never be static. Your copy should be evolving. Again, I think like when people hire me, I'm writing the foundation for where their business is going and that might work for a couple of years, but they should change it again, you know, as they evolve and grow, like you said that you guys did. And I would highly encourage looking at other industries and looking, you can even Google headline formulas and you'll get so many hits of like um, different ways to outline a headline. Um, And I was even looking at like different software examples of UVPs that people use. And it's like, these are not sexy. Like Donald Miller from StoryBrand always says, clear is better than clever. And that's, that's my tagline for a UVP. You want it to be clear, not clever. Like Uber's is get a ride in minutes. Uber is finding you better ways to move, work and succeed in the United States. You know, that's not the most riveting thing you've ever heard, but it does get the point across. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that's very clear. You're right. Yeah. And or like core power yoga is see the difference between a workout that changes your body and one that changes your life. Yes, I love that. And they both of those well, core power especially speaks to a value in there. Uh-huh. You know, yep. they're they're speaking to life transformation. And if uh-huh. that's important to you, then you are going to be into the message of core power yoga. Right. Um that's so interesting. It's the kind of things where when you think about it as a UVP, you're like, oh my gosh, that is their UVP. But I never thought about it that way. That is right. their unique value that they bring to their ideal customers. What are some other examples? Do you have any more? I feel like examples just help clear it up so much and yeah. um, help bring it down into like the real earth from like this big abstract idea right. down into some concrete ideas. Um, squares is square helps millions of sellers run their business from 
secure credit card processing to point of sale solutions, get paid faster with Square. Again, very unsexy, but you know what they do. Flowdesk, which is like um, a newer email marketing. Beginners and experts use Flowdesk to create campaigns that grow their business. And I really like this one because it defines who people are, like beginners and experts. So like you could use that to define the kind of couple that you photograph. And it doesn't need to be overt. It can be subtle. But beginners and experts use Flowdesk, Flowdesk and what do they do with it to create campaigns that grow their business? Like this could be, you know, blank couples hire us to preserve their memories forever or something like that. Like that's not a great UVP, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's really easy once you start looking at the structure of other headlines to insert wedding photography into it. Oh, and I just made one up, which again is not the best. But if you wrote like dramatic photos from the world's most laid back photographer in San Diego, then you have your whole website to support that statement. You know, like that's telling people the kind of vibe you're bringing to their day, you know, that you can roll with the punches, but you still give people the goods because look at all these amazing photos on my site. So that should be just front and center on your homepage. Like Mm -hmm. it should be as soon as you get there. Like, are you talking like above the fold before you scroll anywhere? Like it should be that, um, some sort of headline, some sort of copy that communicates that. I mean, I am hesitant to ever give a rule of thumb because I've seen really cool sites do things really different ways. But as a generalization, yes, I would have it be the first, like have your name and then most people have like a big hero image. And then that first paragraph, like it should be that headline right there. And while we're here, this isn't really what you asked me, but I always encourage photographers to make that first paragraph about their client, not about them. That's a huge mistake I see over and over again. People jump right into who they are and their passion and why they do photography, but you want to hook your client in talking about who they are and the spot that they're in, you know, and you can bring elements of who you are into that paragraph and how you'll solve a problem for them, but you want them nodding along going, yeah, that's me right away. Do you have an example of what that would look like? Because in my head, I I feel like I understand what you're saying, but I feel like I need an example to really clearly, um, you know, do that for myself. One of my clients, her name is Kate Garcia. Her homepage is what matters most is her headline because that's her UVP is focusing on what matters most. Um, and the copy underneath of it is what matters most is you, your relationship, your day, your experience, your celebration, your marriage. Weddings are the party that represent how your love feels in your heart. It's the public declaration of your intimate connection. But the marriage, that's what the wedding kicks off. It's the beautiful and joyful start of the most important relationship of your life. The marriage is the good stuff and the rest is just details. But hey, I want to be a detail, the one you're most excited about. So she definitely brings an element of herself in the end. But she's making it clear like, Hey, I'm there to celebrate your marriage. And so that quickly is going to identify with her ideal client because her favorite clients are the ones who obviously they want their wedding day captured, but they want a really strong marriage. And so she sets up a value system that's Uh important to those clients, like the most important value and how, and then at the end, it sounds like she says, and this is how I'm going to help you deliver that value. Exactly. Um, how I am the one that is going to fulfill that picture of happiness that you have for mm-hmm. your wedding day. But even just having that front and center on her site 
shows that she cares about it. And if they ca- and if they care about it, they're going to value that she wrote that. Yes, like she is the one that gets it. Mm-hmm. How else? I would guess that on the front page of your website, you would also need an image that needs to support that value, right? Yes. I mean, it yes. should be like, sometimes I go to, I, why I bring this up is sometimes I see a lot of photographer websites. Um, whenever anyone requests to join our Creative Rising community on Facebook, um, I ask for their website so I can vet and make sure that they are an actual photographer. And right. so I see a lot of photographers' websites. And, you know, guys, you guys do a great job and you guys are, you know, take great photos. But there's a lot of times where I'll see a UVP or I'll see a headline and then a photo next to it that is completely opposite of that headline. Right. Like, I'm never going to pose you. And it's like, clearly that photo was very posed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I see absolutely. that all the time, too. Constantly. Yes. And so, but then there's a lot of others where they will have, you know, some sort of value statement and then a photo that completely supports it. And it feels like a, like it's a completely different experience and it feels authentic and real. And so Mm -hmm. it's so important to get those photos that support that value statement. Uh Uh-huh. A hundred percent. That is such a good point. And I don't often talk about it like publicly, but it's definitely something I go over with my clients. I'm like, wait, we just wrote a whole site about how you don't pose people and you guide them into natural prompts, but their foreheads are touching on your homepage. And I know they didn't do that on their own. <laughs> yes, definitely. And so I think that there's there's an element of making sure that what you are saying is your value proposition. You're actually delivering in your photos as well. <laughs> yes. So do you take that into account if you're like, hey, guys, I know you think that this is how you're coming across, but this your photography isn't revealing that maybe there's something different that we need to look at. Oh yeah. But I think most of the time by the people, by the time people get to me, they are usually pretty self-aware, not always, but sometimes most of the time. Like how else can you communicate the UVP on your website? So you have it front and center on your homepage, beautiful images supporting that. How can you then support that story across your website? What are some other areas that you really need to pay attention to? I mean, you need to pay attention to every single piece of text on your site, to be honest. (laughs) So nothing little, you know, just every little thing. (laughs) Like it it matters. It all matters because if, again, it's like the same thing we were talking about with the pictures, you know, if you're talking about being a very, very romantic, you know, almost poetic in the way that you describe your style, then you don't want to be too casual elsewhere on the site. Like if you're going to be that touchy feely person front and center, then that needs to come through everywhere else. Or I've seen people like, this is a popular thing. Everybody talks about wanting to be your hype girl, like younger photographers. That's a common phrase right now. And you want that like hype girl is like a hype man. You know, you're like bouncing around cheering them on all day. You need to bring that excitement to every single page on your site. Even if it's like boring and you're talking about pricing or how many hours of coverage, you need to find ways to make that exciting. I have to admit, like, I'm way too old for that. (laughs) I'm like, I know what you're talking about, the whole hype girl thing, but I'm like, man, like, I I barely even know what that is. Me too. No, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so old. 
I oh same same and like once you have a kid it's like you're in a whole new category <laughs> yeah and uh, but I definitely have clients that that's kind of their vibe they're younger they've just graduated they're going full force they're able to take 50 weddings a year god love them but that is that's what they want to do but I'm you have to commit to whatever your UVP is whether that's romance luxury or hype girl status, like it needs to come through on every single page. My next question, like my mind goes straight to the about page. I feel like that is a huge question mark for a lot of people. And um, you need to communicate this story across everything, whether it's pricing or your portfolio, all that kind of stuff. Your about page is kind of this this beast that Mm -hmm. feels very awkward because you're talking about communicating what matters to your clients while also talking about yourself. And so how do you strike that balance? Do you have any tips on how to approach an about page with a certain mindset that will help you communicate this value proposition in a way that makes sense? Yeah. So about pages are tricky. You're not wrong about that. But the good news is that clients do want to know about you. Like if they click there, they do want to read about you. So this is the page where you talk about yourself. But I always try to tell people, we're going to write about you in a way where it benefits your clients. Like we're going to include stories that help them see how talented you are or how experienced you are or how passionate you are. You know, every single word we put on that site is going to relate back to them in a way, even if it's not directly. So something I see a lot of photographers do is just like write a list of things that they like to eat and drink and do. And it's like, that doesn't serve a purpose, really. It's okay to incorporate that and weave it into a larger narrative. But like just a bullet-pointed list, nobody really cares about that. (laughs) So I would tell people to get away from that for sure. But I would just say, like, if you're going to talk about the camera your grandfather gave you, which is like overplayed, make sure you're doing it in a way that makes them feel something. With About Pages, I feel like what I see a lot of times is – well, one, people need to put their own faces on their about page. It is oh, yeah. shocking to me how many websites I see where um, people are hiding behind their cameras or their faces mm-hmm. are so small they can't see them. So yep. I'm just going to throw it out there. I know <laughs> yeah. it has nothing to do with copy, but, but you're not on wrong. the topic on the topic of about pages, put your faces there. You guys are beautiful um, <laughs> and people want to see your faces. But what I also see a lot is kind of a big block of paragraph next to that with starting with um, some sort of thing about maybe how they've been educated or how many awards they've won that sort of speak and no one cares about that for me yes no one cares about that and visually that's just a wall of text that looks exhausting to read like I always tell people you can put the best words in the world on a site but if you don't display them in a visually interesting way no one's going to read them I just think it's okay to have bullet points of something if it's serving the greater purpose. Like, yeah, education might be important, but I don't need a whole paragraph about it. It might just be a bullet point somewhere. But again, do your clients care about that? Like I would ask them directly, like, do you care that I have a degree in this or do you care that I don't? Or is it just another opportunity to show a little bit of your personality and who you are? Like, do you have a past profession that makes you better at what you do now. Like that might be an interesting story, but if it's not interesting, then don't put it on. Nobody is going to care if it doesn't tie into how it ultimately serves them. 
One thought that pops into my head as I think about about pages and thinking about having your speaking about your unique value and what you bring to the table that's different. Um, what would you say to someone that feels like, you know what, I just don't know what makes me different as in I just don't feel like I'm different enough. Um, I is there anything you can is like speak into someone who just feels like maybe that they just don't have anything different to offer. And so they're struggling with this process of trying to figure out, like, I just feel like I'm a whatever photographer. Like I, I'm, I'm struggling even understanding if what I have to bring to the table is different enough to make me stand out. Hmm. I mean, first of all, I'm sorry if that's the way that you're feeling, but second of all, it's not true. So, and if, if you're, if you're feeling that way, you're stuck. Like, you haven't found your motivation recently, or you haven't photographed anybody that makes your heart sing. And that's really important. So you need to shoot your way out of that feeling. Um, because this is like honest hour here. If you don't know what makes you different, then no one else is going to know what makes you different. And if people don't know what makes you different, they have no reason to hire you. So this is absolutely crucial. And I've definitely gone through seasons where I feel stuck. And I feel like I'm doing the same thing as everyone else. But that's when I close my laptop or I like get out into the world and I create something. And then I remember like, oh, this is what I bring to the world as a photographer, as a writer, as a human. And that's the other thing that's really nice about being a solopreneur. Like when your brand is your business, what makes you unique as a person is also what makes you unique as a photographer. So don't eliminate the fact that like, you are a special snowflake and <laughs> that you have qualities within you as a person that make you different. So start there if you need to start somewhere. I know that you only specifically write for websites, which I love, by the way, that you have, you know, picked your thing and you do it and you're, you don't apologize for it. I think no. that is awesome because it's so clear. People know <laughs> yeah. what you do and that's, yep. that's powerful. Um, Absolutely. And I can quickly say, oh, I'm not for you, but I have somebody who is. Exactly. I love that. So smart. And I know that um, another area, another big need for copy for people is social media and their blogs. Yeah. I think that that is a huge roadblock when it comes to being consistent on in your marketing and in social media. And so what advice do you have for photographers that struggle with writing captions, struggle with writing blog posts? And that's one reason that they feel like they just don't post nearly as much as they would like to. Well, see, and I have a love-hate relationship with people using platforms because they feel like they should. Blogging is kind of a non-negotiable. Like, if you're a photographer, you really have to be blogging (laughs) because if you want to show up in any search anywhere, you need to have a blog. But when it comes to blog posts, because most people are just finding them on Google and not reading them, maybe this is bad advice, but it's the advice that I give. So... I feel like it's more important that you backlink the vendors and others and other people involved because that's good for SEO. And it's important, like you can follow a template for your blogs, but naming them is more important than the words that you're writing there. I don't think that you should just like throw up a bunch of nonsense, but you can templatize that. Like you can buy a blog template and say, this is what I felt about this wedding this is why I liked it. This is what the couple's like. Here are the other vendors I worked with. Now, if you want to make it more personal, which power to you if you have the time, 
then I always recommend to people either taking notes in their phone, in their car before they leave a wedding or a family shoot about things that happened, things that were interesting to them, things that stuck out to them and how they feel like driving away. Because you're going to forget when you sit down to write that blog post, however many weeks or months later, or just recording a voice memo to yourself about how you're feeling. Because that's like, you're never going to have fresher feelings than when you get in your car. (laughs) So what about social media, like captions on Instagram and that sort of thing? Do you have any tips for those that, you know, you're writing way more frequently than just a blog post for a wedding? Mm -hmm. Um, what kinds of things do you suggest to kind of maybe unlock the the writing, I don't know, juju or whatever it is that, that you know, happens when you're writing copy? Yeah. I mean, social media is tough because I think people stress about Instagram, but I kind of think like if you're not getting leads from there, then why are you stressing about it? Like if you're getting leads from other sources, then that's just a bonus. It shouldn't be this like huge, I'm spending an hour on a caption kind of deal. But if you're not getting the leads you want and you think your ideal couple is on Instagram and you don't know how to do it, my advice to you would be writing about your real feelings and not just using quotes. Because <laughs> I see a lot of people being like, ring shots, am I right? <laughs> like, because they don't know what to say about a p- pretty picture of a ring. But like, do you have a story about a ring in your family or your mother's ring or something? Like, There's nothing wrong with making these like little mini blog posts about actual feelings you have and stories from your own life about why something is significant to you. And I just feel like it's not going to happen every day. You know, I'm a writer and I can't unlock that juju every single day for myself. But I find that I am posting less to Instagram because I want it to be genuine and I want people to know that. I'm not just posting for an algorithm. I'm posting because I want to provide value. So, and because I have something to say. So I would recommend not posting just because you feel like it's Tuesday at 3 p.m. and I have to hit the number, you know, but like wait until you have something to say about that photo and then just go for it. I would guess that in that way, you're going to support that story that you're telling on the, on your website, right? Like you... I would think that social media is probably the first place people are going to see you or Uh one of the first places possibly. And so it should be kind of an entry into that story they're going to see on your website. So I would hope that it's not going to be a completely different story. Like they're not going to get whiplash when they go to your website. There needs to be some consistency there. And that's a good idea that I have told people too. You know, once your copy is on your website, you can reuse that over and over again on your Instagram, you know, yes, that's, that's a, a great tip. that's a hundred Instagram captions. If you just pull lines from your site that are applicable to the photo that you're posting, because not everybody's reading both. In fact, very few people are. So don't stress about recycling good words that you worked really hard to come up with on your website in your Instagram captions. Yes. Um, I, think I think that's think, a great point. Yeah. A lot of people are worried about doing that. And it's like, Hey, anytime you write something great in one spot, you should use it in four. Yes. I, and it's, it goes back to that whole thing about if, um, you, you can't just tell people once your message, you have to tell it over and over and over again. I mean, I'm sure you experienced that where you feel like you've already said it. So you're like, Uh why am I saying this again? But you have to keep saying it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, well, because I think I think about my friends, like my actual friends who don't care what I do for a living. <laughs> they just like me. And I'm just like, oh, they're going to get so sick of me talking about this on Instagram. But they're, they're not buying from me. That's not why I'm on Instagram. <laughs> so I think I need to like get out of my own head with that. And a lot of you listening probably do too. Like you really need to say something like 18 times before people see it. Yes. Uh, to- yeah. And I feel like a broken record, but I'm like, you know what? And, I, you know, as a wedding photographer, our clients are coming into our, our funnel, like into our world for uh-huh. a short amount of time. Absolutely. And so they're not seeing everything we posted before and they're going to see what we're posting for a while. But then after their wedding, they may drop off. Absolutely. They may not be watching our Instagram much longer. Some will, but not all of them. And so keeping that in mind, too. Oh, yeah, your clients have a shelf life for sure, especially in wedding photography. Copy shouldn't be static. And people pay me a lot of money to write them copy, but that copy should serve them as they transform, you know, and as they change. So especially if you're writing your own copy, don't be afraid to test you know, and to try out different things and to try on a UVP statement for a while and see if it fits. People look at their website like once a year and change it all up. And it's like, I wish people would get into the practice of changing it more often. How often do you think people should look at it? Like if they were like, okay, I'm just going to set a reminder for a few times a year. How often do you think would be good? So it's, you're not like overthinking it and looking at it too much. Well, I definitely advise against changing it monthly because then you're not testing anything. So when you make a change, I wouldn't change everything at once or I mean with a rebrand or something you have to, but if you're just testing like a new headline on your homepage, leave it up for a month and see what it changes in your analytics. But once a quarter, if you're a newer photographer and you aren't getting the leads that you want, I think it's really important to test that out. But again, like you have been established for a long time you know what's working for you. You're not going to change it more often than, you know, once a year. But I do think quarterly, if you're a newer photographer and you're still figuring this whole thing out, you know, all of us are, I would quarterly or at least twice a year go in there and see what still resonates with you and what doesn't. Because people want to try all of these like different advertising techniques, you know, Facebook ads or giveaways or all this stuff. And it's like, if you're not leading them, the top of the funnel is your website. And if you're not leading them to a place that you're proud of, then all of those marketing efforts are kind of in vain. Tell us about the copywriting guide that you have. And you have a special offer for our listeners, which is really cool. So thank you for that. Yeah. So I have a guide that I wrote last year called the photographer's guide to write your site right. And it's basically my entire process that I just talked about with you put into a giant PDF so people can DIY their copy. I really do think that, especially for people more in the beginning of their business, you know, spending thousands of dollars on copy is not the wisest investment because, you know, in the beginning we're changing and evolving so much. So I wrote this guide for people who are at that you know, not very, very beginning phase, but they're maybe only a year or two in, but they still want strong copy um, that targets their ideal client. So it's, I think it's $2.99 with the resources and that gets them access to my 
private Facebook group that I'm very active in and I answer questions every day and I help people with their copy in there. And then I think it's only $1.99 for the basic version. So anyway, your listeners get 15% off if they use the code creative rising 15. And if anybody has any questions, they can shoot me an email about it, but it's an awesome guide. People have seen a lot of success with it and I'm so proud of it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that offer to our listeners. We'll put a link to all of that in the show notes along with the code for you guys to use. So take advantage of that. I mean, copywriting is such a struggle for so many people that I know. And that's because it's not easy. Like if you struggle with copy, don't get down on yourself because it's just something that it takes a special skill. And so If you're, you know, at a place where you're just like, I can't get this copy done the way I want it to, then there are resources out there like Rachel with Green Chair Stories that are available to you, which is amazing because it hasn't always been that way. Like, it's great that there's so many copywriting resources out there these days. And there were a lot of years where really nobody was available to help us out with these sorts of things. Yeah. And I give a lot of free information away on Instagram too. If you go to my Instagram profile, I post videos and stuff um, and I'm always answering questions over there too. So don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. And then what's your Instagram handle? So people know just at green chair stories. Perfect. Perfect. So check out Rachel there again, all those links will be in the show notes for you guys. Thank you, Rachel, so much for joining us and for all of your insight and your knowledge, and especially for all of the actionable steps in helping us take this big abstract idea of copywriting and bring it down into a realistic, you know, place where we can actually take this information and work it out on our websites and in our businesses. So thank you for that. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you guys for joining us here today. And again, check out Rachel at greenchairstories.com. You'll be able to grab her guide there and I will also have a link to that in the show notes or if you go to creativerising.com forward slash 306, you'll find a link to the guide there as well. Use the code creativerising15 and those are the numerals creativerising15 and you will get 15% off of her copywriting guide that will help you write your entire site. And then if you want to understand who your ideal clients are, who you're actually writing for, then check out our class as always, dreamyclass.com. Dreamy is spelled with an I-E and you'll be able to understand who your ideal clients are there. And then along with Rachel's copywriting guide, you will be able to write a website that will attract the people you love the most. All right, guys, we have some really great upcoming episodes for you. Next week, I'm gonna talk about how to create an organizational chart of your business to free yourself up from your business. I know it sounds dry and boring, But guys, I'm going to teach you why boring systems create exciting brands. It's a good one. Don't miss it. I will see you then. 